Black Girl Gnome creates space for women of color to breathe easy. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Hey y'all, it's Lauren Ash. I am so excited about this episode's abundant sponsor. Uh, Thrive Market, their mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer an amazing online membership club for healthy living. Um, For a super affordable price, you get amazing prices, 25 to 50% off the normal retail prices for um, really great organic, non-GMO, healthy options. So definitely stay tuned for my chat with Natalie later on, but know that you can go online right now and save. Go to thrivemarket.com BGIO for 25% off of your first order. Here we are, season two, our final episode. Yes, it's here. We've been talking about it a lot. (laughs) Like leading up to it, I feel like we're always like, it's almost our final one. I know. That should mean, y'all, that we really love this podcast. We really do. I've enjoyed this. I mean, this is my first full ongoing season series, you know, doing a podcast period. So I just feel amazing. Yeah. It's always been a dream of mine to like, speak to a lot of people at one time oh yeah so you know god just manifested it through a podcast yes. which is amazing with you yes no it's been great i remember back when the idea for the black girl Gnome podcast first started coming um so it kind of came in a variety of ways so a when i would like guide our you know our wellness sessions women would comment on like how calming and soothing my voice was. Mm -hmm. So I started to kind of more so embrace like my speaking voice as like a gift that other people like to listen to. Right. And then also I myself got really into podcasts. So my Leek Teal's podcast was like my ride or die. Like Mm -hmm. I binge listened to her podcast. Yeah. And I started to kind of look around for other podcasts that were by women of color speaking to women of color about wellness and I didn't really see it at least not in the way that now we're doing it through Mm -hmm. Black Girl Gnome but it was when um, I sat down with James in I think January of 2016 yes and uh, we were just chatting about the upcoming year I said hey you know I'm just thinking about maybe starting the Black Girl Gnome podcast and he was like, oh, well, I'm starting something called Post Loudness. And if y'all want to come on board, you should. Mm-hmm. Divine timing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's just been kind of the story of Black Girl Gnome, as you know. Like, ideas come, people come, resources come. Support. And everything's it's like, it's confirmation that yeah. that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been amazing. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Like, seriously, every time you share about it online or slide us a little email or whatever like it really does mean something to us so thank you absolutely (laughs) wow you guys our episode today is going to be so fleeky i'm so excited me too like oh my god we wanted to leave y'all with something meaningful something from the heart Uh, we don't have any guests today it's just us and we wanted to kind of close on a powerful note Mm -hmm. um and hopefully it's one that you all can you know take something from and maybe do yourselves as well yeah so should we get into it let's get into it that's your thing into it it. (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) we um a few weeks ago um actually a month ago in may we're all around the world blown away by Solange's letter to her teenage self. Um, this was shared on Teen Vogue, which is one of our favorite platforms. Yes, love Shout them. out to Elaine, who is just leading all of the amazing efforts over there. Um, and the letter was also prefaced by Thelma Golden, um, who is just beyond. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She also listens to this podcast, which never ceases to amaze me. So shout out to you for your support. But um, yeah, it it was something that was very, to me, honest. Um, There were moments of like humor and like just a lightness about it, but it was also very deep at the same time. 
And when I read it, I just, you know, of course, thought about my own life and my own trajectory and thought, you know, what would I also tell my teenage self? Like, who was my teenage self, yeah. you know, and it's who so, am I now? Yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, like, I can only imagine. Well, I can't imagine because I did it myself, kind of, sort of, like writing a note to my younger self. And you just, you reflect on all that you've been through, how much you've grown, how much you've evolved as a woman, as a creative, um, as an artist, through your friendships, through love, like all of these things. And you're like, wow, this is how much life, like it it becomes such a big life, you know, filled with so many highs and lows, but it's all so beautiful. And it led up to this moment right now, you know? Yes. I love that. And I, speaking of that, and maybe you'll talk about it today, but I really loved your recent note to self that you did, oh, and it seems like you. it's going to be a series. Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. It is. <laughs> so maybe we'll hear a little bit about that mm-hmm. in what you have to share today, because I feel like it's super relevant. Oh, but absolutely. I just love this idea in general, and I think more of us should do it and put it into practice, just writing notes to ourselves, yeah. like check-ins, affirmations, questions, um, just general explorations of like whatever is going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. If nothing else as an archive for later on, like going back and looking and taking inventory of our growth. Yes. I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say. <laughs> I though. know. Yeah. Cause I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. I was shocked by what I said. I was like, dang, girl, that's how you feel it. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. I'm excited. Great. So maybe we'll just both kind of take some time to share some things that we would have, we would tell our teenage selves. Mm-hmm. You want to start this bad boy? Sure. Let's roll. <laughs> So one of the first things that came to mind for me was fall in love with yourself first and foremost, your unique you, your blackness, your womanhood. So the reason why I kind of broke it apart like that, like fall in love with yourself, period. Mm -hmm. But also those three things I think in the past I haven't or I've been challenged with like fully embracing and fully loving. Yeah. So that's why I spotlit those as like the things to really Mm -hmm. love. So You know, when I think about, like, my junior high and, like, high school years, I think a lot about how I, I think I was, like, generally happy and confident, but a lot of my identity at the end of the day was rooted in, like, friends and also when I started dating, so boyfriends, too, Mm. who, like, at the end of the day, none of these dudes matter. At all. Okay. And none of these dudes mattered then either, but I thought they did. You know what I mean? We all did. Yeah. And so it's just like, wow, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in like having regrets because I really truly believe that like, you know, everything that I've been through, I can't speak for other people, but everything that I've been through has shaped me to who I am now. Yes. However, (laughs) how amazing would it have been to be able to just like spend less time worrying about impressing somebody whether you know a guy I was interested in or some girl who just was like not someone that I should even mm-hmm, press over mm-hmm. cultivating a friendship with and instead been like really just cultivating like me time you know what I mean yeah and really getting to know myself more like I was always someone who was a leader I would say like I did a lot of extracurricular activities you know theater choir I did dance for a little bit in high school um, and in college I stayed on that trajectory but I think that I could have like even more so just embraced like everything that I was on my own without trying to also define it in relationship to someone else Mm, thinking that mm -hmm. that like would accentuate me in some way when it's like I was just great on my own you know what I mean yeah so I very much saw that um, and I also think that like even in like my so my first year of grad school I started dating this guy um, who also just wasn't worth it (laughs) wasn't worth it and when we broke up which was the most ridiculous like just that's a whole nother podcast conversation but when we broke up I was like devastated like I remember crying and feeling so just like empty um, for probably a couple weeks and The beauty in that, though, was that I actually started to get more in touch with yoga. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually sought out my yoga teacher, who was also like a spiritual advisor. And she kind of like helped me make sense of my emotions and helped me like rechannel all of my energy into something that was way more like Mm self-sustaining and supportive, um, the practice of yoga. And 
Um, I think that when I think about that again, like that was another way that I was able to fall in love with myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like through wellness as a practice, I was able to like look at myself, you know, last episode um, with with Ty and with um, Crystal, remember we talked about this idea of wholeness? Yes. Of like really embracing like all that you are, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes when when like things happen to us that aren't so great, we think we have to like hide that away or like push it somewhere else. And it's like, no, you have to like also learn how to look at that and embrace it. Yeah. And that's that's what yoga really started to do for me at that time. So I'm kind of grateful for that because it pushed me towards a practice that I love mm-hmm. and also advocate for other people, especially women of color loving too. So um, I would say too, like in terms of like falling in love with my my blackness, like growing up, you know, I grew up in a mid suburbs, like all white community, all white school. Like I didn't really have mirrors that reflected me back to me. You know, mm. I saw like just different images all right? around me. Yeah. And, you know, my family affirmed me and I um, feel like I got affirmation from them, but like it wasn't particularly around being black necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so all of my like affirmation around being black and like literally the beauty in that, not just like, oh, it's all right, it's okay, you're black, but like yeah. I find a joy in being black. That all has come. Um, over, I would say the past like six years or so, like grad school for sure, later college, but that was more in a response to like a series of racist things that happened around me or to me. So it was like, that was more of like a response to, and then afterwards in grad school, like studying black feminist literature, studying black history, and then moving to Chicago and intentionally creating a community that's like, you know, very black, very brown, Mm -hmm. and very much joyful in all of those things, like that is something that I wish that I could have experienced and found joy and um, just like love in from a young age because it's beautiful. It is. So yeah, just, you know, fall in love with myself and all the things that make me me, which Mm -hmm. include being a woman, being black. Um, I love how you talked about, you know, your your perspective of being black or your story of growing up black because I had a different experience. I grew up in the hood um so I'm just constantly surrounded by black things black people it's just like that's just what my life was yeah but it's not something that I thought about like just you know sat down and just really um reflected on the images and uh the stories of black people um so even though I was surrounded by blackness I I I still wasn't able to like understand my being black in all of this like Mm. what does that mean Mm -hmm. you know like and especially being in a black growing up in a black school you know there's um division when it comes to like light-skinned women and blacks you know dark-skinned women um and so even though you know there is black pride you still didn't feel confident in being black if you weren't light-skinned you know so those are several things that you deal with so you have to overcome that you know those confidence issues and those insecurities um but I feel like within the last uh two to three two to four years um through going to college through um being around friends who have these types of conversations that I just wasn't exposed to in Dallas uh has definitely helped to shape me and make me very confident and aware of like what my blackness is you know so it's been very beautiful and so I'm happy you talked about that. that And that, well, that just reminds me too, like everyone, like there is no one black, you know? Right. And everyone has a unique story about um, every, you know, every person of color in general, yes, but every black person has like a story of what it means for them. Mm -hmm. And we should all, I guess, like affirm and just celebrate people's definitions, you know? Because we all have such different experiences. We do. Absolutely. Um, and then it's funny that your first note was about being your unique self because mm-hmm. that's what mine is too. Oh, um, <laughs> I just wrote it from a different vantage point. Sure. Um, so mine is, you will soon discover that being an anomaly, the thing you hated most, will become the most magical and valuable as- asset about you. So much so that the moment you embraced it became the turning point in your journey to finding and embracing your voice, your identity, and your purpose. Love so it. thank you. I... Man, high school was it was it was it was a great time, but it was also a very sad time too. 
um, because I was, to a lot of people, I was going through an identity crisis. Um, and it was because they could not understand me or the way I expressed myself. And I felt like, well, if you don't understand it, that means that I'm doing something wrong and it's causing confusion within me. So now I'm questioning who I am, why do I do the things I do, um, and why you find me so peculiar? You know, I've right. always been identified that way. And um, I didn't look at it as something to be proud of. Like, I was an other. Mm -hmm. And who wants to be an other? You know, it's like, because you, you feel like, oh, I'm being left out. Yeah. And we all want to feel like we belong somewhere. And I didn't do that, you know? So there were, I went through uh, this phase of like, um, being this super like abstract girl, cause I had a friend who was super abstract. <laughs> then I had somebody who was like real churchy. So I was like real churchy. Mm -hmm. Then I was, girl, I don't know. It was just so many different phases. I was just like, well, Dion, you know, find somebody, so find somebody who makes sense mm -hmm. in the eyes of other people and just try to adopt, you know, who they are. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was just, I'm happy I did that mm -hmm. um, because it, it, it kind of gave me um, a sense of like knowing that, hey, like I don't, I'm glad I did it because I don't feel like I have to be you. I, I, I didn't find fulfillment in that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so now, you know, being that I'm 26 years old and I'm out here being authentically myself and I feel like I don't have to apologize for you not understanding me. Right. I feel like that's been so powerful and it's been reson resonating with so many women and I feel like I've been empowered women because I'm okay with expressing myself in a way that makes sense to me, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't have to agree with what makes sense to you or what a normal girl is, or it reminds me of SZA, normal girl. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's just like, I'm, I'm being me. Um, and also, you know, that authenticity that I um, possess, it makes me relatable. You know, like yes. the things that I've gone through in my life, uh, even though I may stick out like a sore thumb, yes. you know, somebody is able to relate to that. Yes. They can relate to many being people. Another. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I just I'm so happy that I've found that freedom to just live and to be and to be present um, yeah. without apologizing for it. Yes. So, yeah, that's my and number I, one. Well, I love that, too. And I love that, like, both of us kind of are the first thing for both of us was on that same wave because mm -hmm. that's also something that is very much apparent in Solange's letter to self, too. And right. that's what um, I'm just going to read it. Thelma Golden kind of starts with that as she contextualizes the letter. She says, no matter what era she was born in or what medium she chose, Solange would have been an astounding artist. Why? Because she is perfect excuse me, because she is proudly and powerfully her unique self. Mm -hmm. I believe that is a principal quality of great artists, owning and embracing one's vision, voice, and perspective, and believing that putting your voice out in the world is a profound and important act. I mean, just staying on this wave, I think, you know, that, that quote that um, has been attributed sometimes to Nelson Mandela and sometimes to Marianne Williamson about, like, not being afraid to like really just let your light shine you yeah know, that shrinking is really not serving anybody it's mm -hmm. playing small and how much more can you just like live in your truth and also inspire others to do the same yeah when you're just yourself yeah you know? mm -hmm. and it's just incredible like seeing that you know and living that and like you know it's not that you still won't have doubts sometimes or feel like, ooh, am I living a little too loudly? Am I making some people uncomfortable? But mm -hmm. it's like the alternative isn't going to serve anybody. Yeah, absolutely. So. And then, too, I mean, it just makes me think about groupthink mm -hmm. and how, like, everybody can go right and, like, you choose to go left so you feel like something's wrong with you. And it's like, no, yeah. like, you're being – like you are able to think on your own. Yes. You're able to think for yourself. And that's something that should be valued. Yes. I think that's beautiful. That's how women like Solange and women like SZA and women like Erica Badu are just mm -hmm. being these admirable women. Cause we're like, oh my God, thank you for saying no to conforming. Yes. You know, and, and, and instead you are empowering other women to just be liberated um, and all that. So I, I just, I appreciate it. And I think it's so important. I, I, I hope that a teenager is listening yes. <laughs> to this. Like I'm, I'm talking to you, even though I'm talking to myself, you know, I'm sure that um, you can connect with this somehow. So yeah. Absolutely. So my second note to self, uh, to my teenage self, is that everyone carries pain, hurt, trauma. Don't internalize it when it seeps into your orbit. Mm. Mm. So 
This is just, I would think, related to a couple of things. Um, I think primarily for me, um, and this is something that I talked a little bit about in the first season, actually, with our conversation with Anissa Ali, um, who you illustrated mm-hmm. for her book. Yeah. An amazing book. But I relate a lot with her story because I also have just had, for quite some time, like a, just a very challenging relationship with my dad. Yeah. And it's something that I'm actively working on and trying to just like forgive and move forward in my own way and really trying to be okay with whatever my relationship with him can look like as an adult. And, you know, things in my childhood that weren't so great with my dad, I think, well, not think, I know that I developed these like coping mechanisms that at once when I was young served me because it protected me and allowed me to like not, um, to not, um, what's even the word? Like I just develop ways to like exist and to protect myself from like pain. Mm-hmm. That, I know what you mean. Yeah. That worked for me then, but like don't work for me now because I'm in loving relationships now Yeah, and I have people who care for me now. And so for me to be on the defense, you know, sometimes is not useful at all, mm-hmm. but because of certain patterns that I learned as a kid, um, you know, they, these things still remain. They sure do. And so, you know, I've talked a little bit about before, but I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I myself am in therapy with an amazing black woman. And dialoguing with her has really helped me come to this truth that I wish that my younger self would have known, you know, mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't have to be doing this unlearning and this um, uh, kind of like self analysis and like (laughs) and work I mean it's great to be able to do it I'm glad that I have the tools to be able to do it yeah because the alternative is not ever learning and still creating dysfunctional patterns Mm -hmm. forever you know and Mm -hmm. not really embracing and and forgiving myself for that um but yeah it's something that had I been able to have the language for it or had I been able to have like you know someone in my corner who was able to kind of perceive this and just help me develop more healthy, loving um, responses and to kind of take away and to critically examine, like, the things that I had to grow up within, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, sometimes we just take things personally. So, like, not not even speaking about my family situation anymore, but just in general in relationships with people, whether it's, like, work relationships or personal relationships, like, sometimes, a lot of the times, majority of the time even, the way that someone acts toward you, if they're acting, you know, less than loving or less than caring, it really doesn't have anything to do with you. But when you have grown up in, um, you know, a family structure or a community structure where there are like, you know, different kinds of abuse or different kinds of yeah. dysfunction, you kind of just get used to like thinking that it's about you. Absolutely. And so Oof, that's so true. Yeah. And so it's just about like knowing you know especially as a child like that's all you know that's your world yeah so you don't know anything differently um and so if I would have been able to you know (laughs) know that from a young age that Mm would have been really really powerful um but now it's just something that I'm a huge advocate about encouraging other people to to think about and I I try to talk as openly as you know (laughs) is comfortable for me about it yeah because I think that it's just especially within the black community like the truth of the matter is we're still carrying trauma that is generations deep and that has so much more to do with us. Wow. <laughs> so the more that we, once we realize and are awakened to dysfunction or trauma in our own lives and can break that pattern, like that's mm-hmm. just amazing. That's like an amazing gift that you can give the next generation. Yes. Oh my God. First of all, uh, when you talked about don't take things personally, it just automatically, I mean, automatically, automatically reminded me of um, the four agreements. Yes. Um, let yeah. me tell you how I've literally <laughs> highlighted every single sentence <laughs> no. in that book. Yes. Like everything sticks out to me. Everything is like screaming my name. Mm-hmm. You guys, please read the four agreements. It is like, yes. oh, I, I cannot stress that enough. Yes. But anyway, um, when he talked about that, like not taking things personal because everyone has like a, It's like their world. That's how they perceive things, you know? And it's like, it has absolutely nothing to do do with you. And then he said something that Eric says to me all the time Mm -hmm. um, about when you take everything personal, um, it's one of the most selfish things you can do because you make make it it seem like every single thing that somebody else does 
you know, is because of you. And it's like, no, yeah. like people deal with their own traumas. Like hurt people hurt people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not you. Or like if somebody, like my husband was telling me that there's this woman, um, at his job, she doesn't eat well or something. She's, I don't know, something. And so somebody asked him like, hey, what is your diet? And he said, oh, I eat clean. And so she got really offended by it. Mm. She's not even in the conversation. She overheard right. them. She got offended by it. She was like, oh, that's BS. Right. And he was like, wait, like what? Like, why are you, what, yeah. bro? Like, why are you going at it? You know? And I was just like, oh, it has nothing to do with you, Eric. Like, it's her. She, you struck a chord. Yeah. You know, there's some personal issues that she has going. Yeah. And somebody just happened to touch that, you know? But, yeah. and I, that learning how to not take things personally is one one way to be emotionally liberated mm. i do that all the time it's hard yeah. for me to not i'm just so sensitive it's i feel hard. like yeah. if you're angry i feel like i'm a very bubbly person if i'm around you and you're not happy yeah. i'm not doing something you're like uh oh what have i done or what haven't i done yes and yeah. you feel like it's your responsibility and it's not yeah, yeah. You know, it's really hard. It is it's incredibly really difficult. That's why it's a practice, just like everything. I feel like we, this comes up a lot when we talk, but like everything's a practice, you know, like we're saying it now. We're like, yeah, don't yeah. take it personally. <laughs> and then tomorrow, one of us is going to be pressed. About exactly. Something. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Oh, my God. I'm trying to get out of that. I mean, mm. I'm speaking that over my life yes. right now. I'm yes. speaking over it. Um, but no, you talked about childhood trauma and one of mine. Yeah. I'm about to read it. Definitely oh, is wow. on the say, wait, wait, girl, we're just like, yes, it's insane. insane. <laughs> um, mine is, uh, you, where am I? Oh, okay. Um, you'll live the life you've always tried to escape to when you were younger, a life free of financial distress, emotional trauma, and uneasiness. The cloud of darkness that tried to grab a hold of you when you were a child would no longer be a threat to you because your awareness of God's love for you will become a shield. It will guard you. It will keep you. His love will become your safe place. Um, wow. Yeah. I need you to send that to me later. <laughs> that is a word for real. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Girl, like, first of all, I'm trying not to get teary-eyed. You know when you I get know. that lump We're in your throat? We're both over here like... Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay, This is too real. I mean, I'm pretty sure Solange was crying or, you know, she was getting all emotional when she yeah. wrote her letter. Like, it's, Jesus, it's an introspection. It's a yeah, it is a lot. Um, but a lot of people, well, I'm not going to say a lot of people know, but I feel like I talk about it, but maybe not enough. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely had a dark childhood. Like, I was molested. I saw my mother get, she was beaten all the time. My brother was abused um, mm -hmm. physically, and I was sexually abused. So it was just like abuse all over. Yeah. Like just you couldn't you couldn't run anywhere. I couldn't run anywhere and, and be free from it. It was just my life, right. um, and I I hated it. You know, I hated going to school. Uh, well, actually, no, no. I enjoyed going to school because I could escape from being home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that's there's darkness over there. Let mm -hmm. me like go to school where I can be happy and play and not be reminded of like this trash life that I have. Right. Um, you know and it was just a really, really, really tough time. And I, like, it was just not a loving household. You know, my family and I, we weren't like hugging each other, like, oh my God, I love you, I miss you so much. It was none of that. I, I became loving and affectionate once I got to college and I met some people who knew love, therefore they were able to give it to me. And, and I learned, you know, how to be loving and mm -hmm. affectionate and all of those things, but, um, I've always, like, when I would be in my room, you know, trying to escape from my stepfather who abused me, I would just be, uh, not fantasizing, but daydreaming about mm -hmm. what a good, healthy life would look like. Yeah. And I have that right now. And I'm so blessed because I did not think that I'd be able to escape it, you know? Yeah. Like, especially when I think about poverty. Like, I, I've lived in homeless shelters, you know, I've, I've, I was homeless. A lot of people, you know, find that very odd because of the way I, ca I carry myself. Mm -hmm. But I definitely have been through a lot of rough patches in my life. Um, and so, like, you know, not not eating, um, literally only having $2 and trying to figure out how, you know, my mom had, she has six kids. And it's mm -hmm. like, how can I feed my children yeah. on a $10 bill yeah. and then pay the bills and then do this and then do that and then, I didn't know my biological father, so it was just rough. It was mm -hmm. just re it was just a really, really hard time. Um, and so if I I wish there was like, I don't know, some like spirit that appeared to me and told me what I just said. Yeah. You know, about me like living in my adult life, like being free, experiencing right. joy and and happiness and you know, not 
not um, being worried or um, burdened with mm-hmm. the fear of like eating yeah. a meal. Like or your basic rights basic, as a human. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like some of that is not afforded to people. So mm-hmm. I, I, trust me, I relate to people who go through a rough time, who don't have money. I completely get it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's what I would have told my, my younger self. And I feel like she would have had something to look forward to. Yeah. You know, because she would have that confirmation from the spirit that came to visit her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, first so, of yeah. all, thank you for sharing. I mm-hmm. mean, you've spoken about all of what you said, I think, in in various ways, but this is, like, the more, I think, full version. Mm-hmm. I think any time that, like, especially as, like, black women, when we just get real about our stories, yeah. like, so much of what you shared, like, will resonate with people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And sometimes we develop, like, shame around our stories, and it's, like, that's, it's not even us. You know what I mean? Not even. This is the life that we are given. Yeah. Um, I think it's also beautiful that um, what you spoke to about, like, how you would, like, kind of project and, like, maybe in the moment you were, like, kind of disassociating from what was happening to you physically, but you were, like, thinking more emotionally ahead of, like, what you would like your life to Mm -hmm. be. That was also, I think, a form of manifestation. Mm. I think that, like, all, like, children are blessed with, like, imagination to be able to, like, create (laughs) these, like, ideas of, like, what they want their lives to look like. And I think it's amazing that, like, you're a living example of someone who's been able to, like, break a pattern. And that's powerful because a lot of people truly believe that, like, you can't change, you know? Mm, Yeah. And um, there's just always a possibility for change. Absolutely. It is, like, y'all, I mean, I think God, he wants all of you to know that you have a choice. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to be a slave to your current situation. That doesn't have to be your forever life at all. At any given moment, like you have the power to not live that way, to say no, to opt out of it. Mm. Um, so, I, you know, I just want you guys to take that and, and really apply that in your life. If you are going through a season right now of darkness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I am here chatting with Natalie from Thrive Market. Um, They have an amazing mission, which is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Natalie, tell us all about Thrive Market. Hi, Lauren. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. So really excited to share Thrive Market with your audience. Um, Thrive Market is an online store offering the top 4,000 non-GMO and organic products for the first time ever at up to 50% off shipped straight to your home. Um, so Amazing. we, uh, our, yeah, yeah, it's really, really great. Our mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. And we do that by breaking down the two main barriers. So the first one we believe is cost and that's how we, um, you know, why we sell at wholesale prices. And then the second one, um, is geography. Um, and so that's why we ship to everyone's home. Uh, we can do that because we cut out all the middlemen. We, uh, we work directly with the brands and we pass on all the savings to our, to our members. Um, and then in order to do that, we actually break even on the product sales and we charge a $60 annual membership fee. Uh, and for every paid membership, we actually donate a membership to a low-income family. So really trying to kind of spread the help. That's incredible. That's incredible. I think that um, you have already sold me uh, in the fact that you also deliver to the home. Um, as, <laughs> yeah, it makes it very convenient. Yes, and I'm, I'm just someone who travels a lot, and when I get back home, sometimes I just need a day to chill and to regroup. So um, what else would you say those who are using Thrive um, Market memberships, why do they keep on coming back? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think one of the things that we hear over and over again is the fact that all of our members can shop by their particular values. So whether you're vegan or gluten-free or paleo, or you care about, you know, ethically sourced or fair trade items, um, literally on our site, um, you can click on any of those values. We categorize everything by over 90 different values. Um, and the entire catalog actually sorts by those values. Um, so it allows you to really easily be able to shop by what matters most to you. That's amazing. That's so great. So um, I know that we are offering BGIO listeners um, an extra 25% off of their first order. Um, we are. Yes. So where can we find more about Thrive Market and how can we sign up for that? So you can go to thrivemarket.com slash BGIO. 
Awesome. I'm going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait to see you on the site. Thank you so much, Natalie. Yeah. Thank you for having me. We're really excited to share it with your listeners. We're literally emotional over here, and I hope that. I'm trying to hold it together. I know. I saw your little glowy eyes. My next one <laughs> isn't as um, deep. No, we need something light here. Yes, we need a we need a little pick me up. <laughs> but this is beautiful. I'm so glad we were able to to talk in this way. Um, my third one is: you can do whatever you set your mind to. Your only limitations are the ones you place on yourself. Sharpen your intuition early and you will go farther sooner, both personally and professionally. So for me, like I said before, I've always been like pretty confident because when I was young, like my mom in particular really um, nurtured my creativity. Mm -hmm. Like I was like a loud, rambunctious child okay like I believe you (laughs) trust me I definitely believe you like I recently showed my boyfriend like home videos and he was like you weren't playing around (laughs) like I was just like dancing and singing and just like wanted everyone to like let me read these books to them and like Mm -hmm. just was just always talking um and my mom, instead of being like, shh, you know, like, I see that all the time and it really makes me sad. Yeah. Like, when parents in public, Suppress like. Suppress their child. Yes. You know, you know? and expression. I know that there's a time for your child to be quiet, but I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I look back and my mom was just like, let me be me. And. Look how you are now. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I wish, like, even though, you know, I feel like I'm in a really great place, like, I'm very happy with everything. Um, there was definitely a period, which I think was was related to kind of the socialization that I had, you know, going to all white schools and like usually being the only black girl where I did start to like hide my light or dim my light when I didn't have to, you know? And um, like, I remember even, and like also just with expectations that other people had of me, like, you know, my parents always encouraged me to like go to college, but I didn't realize that like I could set my my sights really high, you know? Like I had a mentor in college one day we were sitting down he's a black man and he looked at me and he was like Lauren you could have gone anywhere and like I went to what I thought was a great school Mm -hmm. but he was literally like nah you could have gone xyz all these ivy leagues called it a day again I don't have regrets however I wish that from a young age I would have just fully known like this confidence these gifts that you have continue to fuel them as strongly as possible. Mm -hmm. Like don't ever allow for individuals or circumstances to have you hide any of that, you know? Like I even, I don't know, like even with, I don't know, I'm thinking of like theater and choir, like, you know, again, as a black woman in like white settings, like I had an enormous amount of talent, but due to circumstances wouldn't get certain things because you know, racism. <laughs> and, oh, you have to be, like, this color to be in this yeah. role. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so those things, I think, planted these messages that were counter to my confidence. Yeah. But that I, again, going back to the other point, like, took personally and didn't realize had nothing to do with me as a person, mm-hmm. but had to do more so with certain structures that were in place and certain external forces that had different ideas for what things needed to look like. Yeah. Um, so, and then, like, the intuition note, um, you know, telling myself that um, I, want, I would like to sharpen my intuition early and that that would allow me to go farther sooner. I just really think that as women, we're gifted with, like, a very powerful intuition. Definitely. And the more you listen to it, and by listening to it, not just, like, listening to it being like, oh, that sounds nice, but, like, applying it to your decision-making. Yes then the stronger it gets, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I actually was talking about this this morning. Who was I talking with about intuition? Oh, with my friend Amanda um, from college. And um, she had to call me up, and long story short, she wanted me to do this gig, and I can't, and she decided to cancel it. And this was after she really kind of was like, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this? And I was like, yes. So she felt bad telling me that she had to cancel it, right? And she, it was very clear that she was very apologetic about it. And I was just like, you know what? I completely understand. Like, 
you have a sense that this thing isn't going to go how it needs to go. Yes. And you're canceling it now and you're giving me notice. Like, I feel like as women, sometimes we apologize for things that we don't need to apologize for, but we know deep in our souls that things aren't right. Yep. And so the opposite thing that you should be doing is apologizing, you know? And so I just basically affirmed her and her intuition and she was like, thank you so much. Like, this is what I'm feeling, I, mm. but I just felt bad that you would feel. And I'm like, no, girl, I completely understand. I just feel like the more that we, on the other side, do not listen to our intuitions, we get into situations that we never would have been in had we just up front been honest with ourselves and, you know, yeah, and listen. So I'm just, it's just, and literally our intuition is, and this is what Amanda was telling me this morning, is actually like, a biological survival mechanism mm, <laughs> like it I is love that. literally telling us like do this or don't do this yeah and if not this is what's gonna happen yeah yeah <laughs> so when we view it like that hopefully we can start to really fully embrace it mm-hmm. you know oh my god yeah when you talked about like women always apologizing it made me think about this article that I read a long time ago about how women always say sorry it's just like a natural, you just say it even when you didn't do anything. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Or the, the word just mm. putting that in a, an email or yes. text. I just want it. Or um, I just wanted to let, like you know. Like minimizing your intention. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you don't have to do that. You can yeah. be direct. You can yeah. be assertive. It's totally okay to, yeah. you know. But you, you, once again, you care about what other people think. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yep. And putting too much stock in that. Putting too much. Yeah. It's just like, what? I mean, and, and that, too, reminds me, well, it kind of reminds me of the note to self thing about, like, just really idolizing what people think about you, like, worshiping that. It's like, no, you don't have to. Like, but we'll talk about that later. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, no, I really, really appreciate it, um, what you just said. Like, that was good. Thank you. That was real good. Yeah. Um, okay. So, my... Um, let me see. I let me see which one I want to do. I think I'm going to do this one. Oh, there will be times when you fear the idea of not being liked by other people because you choose to exercise your right to say no. But you will grow out of that because you will learn that when you don't value yourself, you give people the permission to treat you like you do not matter. Let Woo! me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am done with you. We have a moment. Yes, we did. Girl, let me, I, let me, I think I was allergic to the word no for the longest time ever. Yeah. I was like, oh, if I say no, I'm going to let them down or they're not going to like me or I'm going to disappoint them. And it's just like, I never thought about Dion. Yeah. Am I capable? It's like, if you're not, if I'm not capable of doing something or if I don't feel like doing something. Yeah. Like. I don't have to do it. And mm-hmm. I felt like at one point I absolutely had to say yes to everybody. Yeah. And I ran myself raggedy. Yeah. I spread myself too thin. And it was like, at what cost? Yeah. You know, my health, my stress, yeah. like my sanity, like none of that is worth it. No. You know, and then too, like I, I deal with people like feeling like they can run all over you. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very, very nice. Very, very sweet. You know, I don't like letting people down even yep. still to this day. And you're an Aquarius. And I'm okay. <laughs> oh. Well, and I just want to note that the friend that I spoke to this morning is also the same sign as you. Oh, is she? And oh, okay. I very much get similar energies. Like you're both so sweet and kind and people can take advantage of that mm-hmm. if you're not careful. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, within the past few years, especially being in the position that I am, where people just, I mean, I'm more public, like I'm on Instagram and, you know, people can just DM, like this girl DM, mm, I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get into <laughs> let's that. Let's not. Let's not. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm not going to get into it. Okay. But, um, yes. So, uh, you know, people just think they can just come to you sideways and just talk to you any kind of way because you're sweet or because yes. you're godly. They just feel like they can just treat you like you don't matter. And I'm... I wish my younger self wouldn't have had to go through some of the things that I mm. did go through because I didn't say no. Yeah. Like even even with my stepdad, him, you know, asking me questions that were inappropriate. Yeah. I should have cut that off and said, no, I don't want to talk about this. But or you were no. also a child. So. I, I was. Yeah. I was. But I, I still, you know, there are some children who say no. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't one of those kids. Mm. Yeah. You know, I feel like I have to do this mm-hmm. or you're going to be upset at me or, yeah. you know, you're not going to treat me well and feed me or something right. like my lifeline was on the risk right. and, and lifeline or whatever was at risk. Mm-hmm. So, um, now that I've learned the power of saying no, um, I definitely feel free 
I think that's a reoccurring theme in my life. Like just getting to the point where I feel free. Mm -hmm. Saying no is one of those things. Like I no longer feel like I have to say yes. I can say no to a brand and feel completely fine if they don't see my value. I can say uh, I've said no to men who do not know my value. You know, I'm married married right now because he knew my value. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, just saying things that don't satisfy or fill me. Like, no, life is too short. Um, to to say yes to things that we really don't want to say yes to, like yes. bro, no, live your life, yeah, be happy, you know, and and yeah, I love that. I've learned that no over the past three to four years, and that's also when I've been cultivating Black Girl and mm-hmm. and being a creative entrepreneur and like stepping into my purpose. And I remember like the first year that I really started like this transformation. Like, I made a lot of choices that a lot of even my close friends didn't understand at the time. Yeah. But even later on, they went, came back around and were like, mm-hmm. we get it. Mm-hmm. We understand mm-hmm. now. Yep. Yep. You know? And you have to do that. You have to just, like, live from your truth yes. and really cultivate that spirit of discernment also about, Absolutely. like, what is it that I want? What is it that I need? All this extra stuff, that's not serving me. That's so funny that you said that because um, I was reading the four agreements the other day and I uh, wrote down a list. It was like, Dion, what do you want? And then mm-hmm. what do you not want? Yeah. And it was really a great, like, reflective time. Because I was like, dang. I like, need to do that. This is what my soul is yearning for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I need to do that. And that list can change sometimes, too. Yeah, I think sometimes, I like, sometimes we think we want certain things and we have it. And then it's like, wow, this is not, you know? I think it's about your values. It's it about, is about like, your knowing values. your values, knowing what you really want, and then allowing that to shape the things, you know? Yes. The goals. Yes. All of that. So. Yeah. Girl, that's, that's, that's what I got. Those are my three points to my teenage self. No, those are my three points, too. I mean, I have some, some other ones, but it's all good. I feel, <laughs> I feel full from what I just stated. And I, I feel, feel like full. y'all are full, too, from what we... Yeah. I mean, it was a lot to digest. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot for me to digest hearing myself talk about <laughs> yes, it. Seriously. Same. You know? Um, same. I feel very, very... F- I think full is the right way to put it. Yeah. It's just powerful to be able to reflect reflect and release yes you know and then just being transparent and real with people like I, I tell people all the time like honesty is is an, an integral part of, of healing mm-hmm. you know it's like you you need that and sometimes you need people who you admire to just you know give you that real and just say hey life ain't pretty 24 yep. 7 yeah you know because it makes you feel isolated like you're dealing with it by yourself yeah and you're not um so I I don't know I just feel great I mean, yeah. I almost cried, but crying is I good. mean, you were crying, and was, and I was. It just wasn't, like, tears streaming down our face, right. ugly cry. I like how you put I'm that. I'm glad it wasn't, because I would have had to edit that out. Absolutely, because <laughs> I am, boy, I used to worship and cry. Let me tell you, that was ugly, boy. <laughs> I'm God. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I, it's oh just my. not. It's not. And I got mascara on. I got a meeting after this. I cannot be looking no. like a ugly bug. <laughs> <laughs> or like a boogaloo, as some people say. <laughs> Her southern is coming out, y'all. It is. Oh, my well, God. so seeing as this is our last episode, maybe we'll just share a few ways about how to stay in touch in between seasons. Yes. Um, so, you know, I've been made aware that some people um, in our community are just listening to the podcast, which is great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But guess what? There is so many <laughs> other ways for y'all to engage with us. Um Maybe we can both share some ways. So I would love to see all of our people in Chicago or if anyone is traveling to Chicago um, in the next few months, come check out Self-Care Sunday. Yes. Um, guided meditation, yoga, dialogue. Imagine looking around the space, seeing nothing but black and brown women. It's beautiful. It's every second and fourth Sunday of the month. And um, if you want a little code for a little discount, it's your first time, email me, <laughs> lauren at blackgirlandohm.com. Okay. Um, well, I just had an event come up, and I'm so sad that you guys weren't there. Or maybe, wait. Might. <laughs> some of them were there. Yeah, some of y'all were there who were listening. But uh, I'm just trying to figure out what I got going on. I mean, I'm going to be traveling to Houston and Atlanta uh, the first two weeks of July. So if you guys are out there and you want to meet up, um, you know, go eat. I love food. That would be great. Or if you want to show me around or go to Six Flags with me, that would be fantastic. Uh, yeah. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, hang out with us on social media. We have our BGIO Mindful Twitter chat every second Tuesday of the month. Yes, we do. 
Um, but there's just, you know, so many ways for you to get engaged with our online publication and just everything that we have going on. Also, continue to send us your ideas for topics that you want us to talk about in the third season. Yes. We're going to come back strong, y'all. Amazing guests, amazing conversations, conversations that need to be had. So we want to know what you all want us to talk about. Exactly. So please let us know. Please let us know. And we're going we gonna to be chatting about that bad boy. That bad boy. That bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, y'all. It's been so real. Thank you guys for listening to us cackle. Yes. Um, and, you know, just talk about some real things up in here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, it's been great. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the tweets and the, and the Facebook messages and the DMs. Talk about uh, our smoothies and how we get in y'all, y'all's lives. Yes. It, I sounded so kind of y'all's um, lives. <laughs> <laughs> All the gifts. When y'all send gifts and memes, oh, my goodness. Y- oh, okay. People will, okay. Be, <laughs> people will be like, this latest episode just snatched my entire soul. It'll snatched be like, my edges. Oh, my God. Girl, my wig it's off. so funny. Yeah, it's, so it's funny. fantastic. We love y'all. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much. And we'll see you for season three. Yay. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. It's Lauren. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Again, our abundant sponsor is Thrive Market. Their mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They offer an online membership for really great discounts, and I mean really great discounts, off of healthy, non-GMO, organic um, food items that you would not be able to get for the same price everywhere else. So be sure to go to thrivemarket.com slash BGIO to get 25% off of your first order. Hey guys, to stay in tune with Black Girl and Ohm, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Black Girl and Ohm, and follow us on our amazing website where you can find our amazing stories and photographs and everything else at www.blackgirlandohm.com. Special thank you to Post Loudness, our network. They are fantastic. You know, there are so many great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness wants to create a community of unique voices and audio, so check out postloudness.com to see what other podcasts they represent um special thank you to the co-founders of post loudness share vincent james t green and alex cox for their support um special love to our um podcast audio engineer aline kaza and uh last but not least the lovely gentleman behind the music on the show Khalid b and peter s vincent don't forget to breathe easy 